At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With your first look at this week's college football lines, this is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von Tobel. College Lines are revealed here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. It seems like we just got started the season, yet here we are. The college football playoff has been set. Our top four teams have been decided, and the lines are out for the college football playoff semifinals. So with that, I feel like right there I should have been like, what's up, everybody? I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, uh, getting you ready for everything happening in the world of college football. So let's get right to it. The Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl all set and ready to go. We begin with the number one team in the country and the number one seed in the college football playoff, Georgia. Playing host, I guess, kind of, to Ohio State. They're the top seed, we'll call it. Uh, Six and a half right now over at DraftKings with a total of 61. This has been, for me at least, the surprising number so far in that it's not that I expected Georgia minus 10 or something to that nature. Uh, I figured that Georgia would open up as a seven-point favorite, a solid seven, and just pretty much sit there as a full seven. Um I would assume they have the market respect to the point where you don't want to hang numbers just under a key of like seven. But here we are. Six and a half have been available now for just over an hour and a half, two hours, and it's still sitting at six and a half with a total of 61. Now, we are waiting for other spots to enter the fray. So we'll see if maybe some other market makers out there uh, do want to hang up some certain numbers and uh, put those out. We'll see what's going to be happening. And by the way, other spots like BetMGM do have a full seven up on the board. So it's not like it's nowhere to be found. But six and a half is the predominant number right now. The only move that is worth mentioning in this game is South Point actually opened up a flat six. They are up to six and a half. So maybe either moving to match the market or getting a little bit of play to push that up to six and a half. But regardless, uh, that is the consensus number right now. Georgia, a six and a half point favorite over Ohio State with a total of 61 and a half. And we'll get more into the matchups with some of our guests as we talk about this and where we expect this number to go. But when you talk about the ability of Georgia and the ability for their defense to get after opposing quarterbacks and command the line of scrimmage, you would think it's a favorable matchup. But here is one interesting aspect uh, that I cannot wait to see. And if Ohio State, we have a lot of time. I think, was it like 27 days, something ridiculous, until this this matchup takes place? It's going to be December 31st. You do the math. 27. I think that's exactly it. Um, But when you look at the ability of Ohio State to spread the field of play, in a friendly environment like the Peach Bowl out there, the fact that this is going to be a track that works for Ohio State and what they want to do offensively, Georgia has not faced many opponents who can really do that to them in an environment like this and testing a secondary, which I think a lot of people, if we're splitting hairs, some people would say maybe the weakest portion of Georgia's defense would be their cornerback play. 
this might be a matchup where once Ohio State gets a little bit healthy, and again, you get 24 days to get ready for this matchup, 27, whatever it is, um, to get a little bit healthy and ready to go, that this might be one where Ohio State does get to bounce back. But having said that, the other interesting aspect of this, and I, I, as somebody who likes data points and numbers and all sorts of things, this is the one thing that you point to narratively that does give you some pause with Ohio State, and it is the P word, physicality. Over the last couple of seasons, the most physical team that Ohio State has faced, Michigan, has won those games. Uh, they won convincingly on the road, as we know Michigan did, against Ohio State. And how they match up with the physicality that Georgia can bring to the table is going to be pretty interesting for the Ohio State Buckeyes, who have shown a lack of that physicality in their losses recently in the last couple of seasons to their in-conference rival, the Michigan Wolverines. With that, we can transition over to Michigan, take a look at this number as well. Michigan will take on TCU at the Fiesta Bowl. This one opens up nine with a total of about 60, 61 and a half, somewhere around there. Again, these numbers vary, uh, but right now we're looking at Michigan as, over DraftKings, a nine and a half point favorite with a total of 60 and a half. We actually did, and I talked to Brent about this when he had me on earlier today in Countdown to Kickoff. We did see uh, that there was actually some early move from a total standpoint on this number. Uh, Superbook actually had this total dip down to 59.5. But right now, Superbook back up to 61.5. 60 is the other total out there as well as 60.5, and and you see that right there at DraftKings. So a, a little bit of a variety in terms of the total, but again, that initial move to the under, and it's right back up to where it opened up at 61.5. Now, what's interesting about this as well, as you look at 9.5, 9 across the board, uh, is again a number that opens up right under that key-ish number of 10, and yet no real move or no real push early on to push this thing back up to 10. And I also wonder, as you look at these numbers just kind of floating around, and we'll talk to Paul Stone, who's going to be with us in about 20 minutes from now, and get his thoughts on where these numbers open up, obviously, and uh, where he expects them to play or excuse me, where they expect to go. But I do wonder if, again, when you have this timetable from where these games are going to be played to where we are today, is there a rush to lay a number early on, given the fact that these numbers are going to sit out there, and maybe that's why we haven't seen this move? And if you are a shop that takes respected money, again, these are all questions we can ask Matt Grill as well, DraftKings trading manager that's going to come up at the bottom of the hour. If you are a shop that is taking respected money, are you in a rush to move numbers, given that you know that these numbers are going to, or these pools are going to expand greatly over the next few weeks, and the fact that once we get there, these are going to be highly weighted events with a lot of money in the pool, and that you can sit off and, and wait to see if you could off-balance that play, if that is indeed the case. Again, these are all questions we can ask guys that work behind the counter, and uh, we will see. But I would assume that if you're a pro better and you shape these markets, which have gotten pretty tight at this point right now, to be quite honest, right? These numbers have been out there. These power ratings have been shaped. We talk about this all the time, right? Totals, not really moving, or excuse me, have been pretty volatile. Sides generally don't move a ton by the time you get down to uh, the nitty-gritty, we'll call it. Uh, but you do wonder if maybe that is also part of the reason why we haven't seen a ton of move on either of these. But just the curious fact that all of these numbers pretty much sitting just under keyish numbers of 10 and a very key number of 7 and really seeing no moves there. But as far as I'm concerned, in terms of matchups and what I would personally look at in both of these games, uh, first off, with Georgia and Ohio State, I mentioned with Brent and I am in, uh, I would lay under 7 with Georgia. Yes, I mentioned the fact that the secondary might be able to be tested against the Ohio State Buckeyes in this wide receiving core, but I do think that, one, what this team can do up front against this Ohio State offensive line, uh, which looked like it was getting bit up, beat up pretty bad against Michigan in that game at home, I think that is a matchup that works in Georgia's favor. I do think while we're talking about this, uh, these corners being a little uh, iffy, I guess you'll call it, because that's the other thing too. You would assume that Georgia, who doesn't really blitz a lot and hasn't really needed to, might blitz a little bit more here against C.J. Stroud and the Ohio State Buckeyes, so those corners will be tested a little bit here against Ohio State. But I do think that what they can do defensively is good enough to match up with an Ohio State team that had some trouble against Michigan. Michigan very much contained that big play um, capability of Ohio State in that game outside of one or two plays, and I think that they're going to have that trouble again here, the Buckeyes. And on the flip side, yes, Jim Knowles and this defense have looked better at times, although giving up a bunch of explosive plays downfield to Michigan was so much uh, troublesome. And J.J. McCarthy, uh, as we kind of saw at times against Purdue uh, yesterday, um, still prone to making some mistakes. And outside of those five plays, Michigan didn't really operate very well offensively against Ohio State. Um, 
I always like the exercise, right? If you remove, I think it's the five explosive plays of 50 or more yards for Ohio State, or excuse me, for Michigan. I think uh, Michigan averaged down to down like three yards or something like that per play, maybe a little bit more than that, but you can't remove them. But regardless, I think that Georgia matches up pretty well here. And underneath a six and a half, I'd be down. And this offense, too, I think physical enough to run the ball, establish that here against uh, Ohio State. And if the Buckeyes are going to do what they did against Michigan, which is put everybody in the box and test that downfield passing attack, I would, I hate to say, I think uh, that you have a little bit better quarterback play for Georgia than you do with Michigan. And that that might be tested yet again here if you're going to go with that theory to contain this rushing attack of Georgia. And on the flip side, look, I didn't really have a strong opinion, but I will say this. I think I'd rather be on the side of Michigan as opposed to TCU. I would, ra- I would like to sit back and see if maybe in-game would be the way to go to get a cheaper price on the Michigan Wolverines here against TCU. What worries you, obviously, about the Horned Frogs is their defense, which has been susceptible uh, to giving up big plays, not playing well throughout the entire season, very much in the hundreds in terms of EPA per play defensively, the TCU uh, Horned Frogs, and that worries against Michigan, as we saw. Uh, If you give them the opportunity, they have the capabilities of becoming an explosive offense. Um, But... Laying nine and a half, as we saw yesterday with McCarthy, right? The rollout to try to force something downfield and throwing a relatively bad interception, allowing a team like Purdue, as we kind of saw, right, to somewhat like hang around a relatively big number. And yes, Michigan ended up covering yesterday. And Jeff Brom also kicked a field goal for some reason on a fourth, what was it, like a fourth and six uh, to make a two-score game a two-score game. But you're obviously having a, a much better offensive opponent here in TCU and one much like Ohio State, is going to be able to spread you out and, again, on a faster track, have a little bit more success. But it's unlike an offense you faced outside of Ohio State in that Big Ten, which is one that's going to put four receivers out of there on the field, have the explosive plays downfield, still have the capabilities of running the ball and potentially scoring. Nine and a half is not a number that I would be rushing to lay with Michigan. I feel like this is a game in which you could probably in-game get a little bit of a cheaper price on the Wolverines given their uh, penchant to allow other teams to hang around, especially teams that they are power rated much higher against, and this, of course, is one of those. Um, But it's going to be interesting, man. And you saw the future odds, too, by the way. Uh, TCU, as we know, the longest shot to win this thing at 18-1 to in the college football playoff. Georgia, the odds-on favorite to win the college football playoff. Not the only thing worth mentioning, though. We have bowl games that have yet to be set officially. You see the future odds there via DraftKings. Georgia minus 125, by the way. Michigan plus 260. Ohio State plus 360. Um, But you look around here at uh, what the uh, matchups next week will be. We have a matchup. Saturday, December 10th. Yes, that's right. Army-Navy. We have this game up on the board right now. Army opens up as a one-point favorite with a total of 55.5. No, a uh, total of 33.5. And And obviously, everybody and their mothers loves betting these um, service academy games under the total. We've seen these totals get lower and lower, and yet still these games still find their way under the total. So we'll see if maybe, just maybe, will I be the fool that tries to bet the service academy game over the total because that's way too low in today's world of college football. Uh, we'll see if that is absolutely the case. But Army, a slight favorite in this matchup with that low total of 33.5. And, and I'll tell you this, not sure it's going to really head over. I'm pretty sure that that might be 33.5 or even lower by the time we get to kickoff next weekend. All right, on the other side, we have plenty left to get to. Matt Eumann is going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on the numbers that have popped up and some of these other numbers that are starting to appear for some projected bowl matchups. We'll also take a look at some of the New York Six Bowls that are pretty much set at this point right now and get some projected lines, too, from some of our guys. But remember, Matt Hume is going to join us in a little bit. Paul Stone in 15 and Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager, coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's absolutely loaded. College Football Lines Revealed show for the college football playoffs, which have been set. Don't go anywhere. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. What's up, everybody? A reminder for all of you that our Cyber Monday sale has been extended. $99 midseason football special or $30, and you get it, $30 in-store credit at the VEASAN store. Get that sports better in your life a gift today. Check it all out, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Jonathan Von Tobel, we'll be with you on College Football Lines Real. College Lines Revealed, I think, is the official name of the program. We're already here. Bowl games are being set. College football playoff is underway, or well, set, I should say, not underway. Matt Humans, nice enough to give us some time here. He's been with us throughout the year to talk about a lot of these matchups and more. Humans, always good to talk to you. So we'll start, of course, with the headlines. Uh, Peach Bowl matchup and Fiesta Bowl matchup have been set. Georgia, Ohio State will meet in the Peach Bowl. Michigan, TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, first, the general question. You were not surprised, right? There was no thought in your mind that Alabama was going to sneak into this thing, or did you think that Alabama was going to make it in somehow? Uh, you never know. You know, yeah. you have to be somewhat of a conspiracy theorist about this stuff because TV ratings, money, that's what matters most. And uh, obviously Alabama, Ohio State, bigger draws, much bigger draws than TCU. So I wouldn't see – I know you had Tim Brando on the show, and Tim's been an outspoken critic of the playoff committee over the yep. years. I saw he tweeted today that he was proud of the, you know, the committee for get, getting it right with uh, the Frogs in the bracket. So I, I think TCU deserved to be in. But here's what, for, for all the people who, who say that, I never again want to hear somebody say an odds maker should be on the committee. I don't want to hear that ever again. Because if an odds maker's on the committee, then Alabama and Ohio State are in the playoff and TCU's not, right? Um, so, so what would be the purpose of putting an odds maker on the committee? Matt, well, and I kind of tweeted this out earlier today. Not only would that be the case, if an odds maker was on the committee, tell me if I'm wrong, Michigan would be the four seed. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know if people are really so, ready for that either because there have been a lot of people who are pushing this, but then all of a sudden, if you got what you wanted, well, then Michigan would be the lowest rated team coming into this thing despite housing Ohio State on their home field. <laughs> <laughs> because Ohio State would be essentially a two, probably a two and a half point favorite yep. over Michigan. Yep. On a new team. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to this for 15 years, people saying put an odds maker on the committee, and then the same people I hear say that are saying TCU deserves to be in the playoff. You can't, you can't argue both sides of the fence. Yep. Either uh, one odds maker on the committee or you want Alabama and Ohio State in the playoff. Anyway, let's move past that because it's so relevant. I'm looking forward to the 12-team playoff because I think that, that's what we should have anyway. And ironically, JVT, this is a year – 
where you could have just two teams in the playoff, and I think everybody would be cool with it, yeah. just Georgia and Michigan, right? <laughs> Bring the BCS back, yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, by the way, we'll get to a championship look at because there is a, a line that has been set uh, for all of those potential championship matchups. All right, we'll start with, though, the Peach Bowl, Georgia and Ohio State. Uh, this is sitting 6.5 across the board, Matt, 61.5. Uh, my initial thought, lay 6.5 with a line that's probably going to close 7, and also a matchup that I do think works in Georgia's favor, but I, I do wonder, those corners getting spread out a little bit more against Ohio State, it's going to be quite the test. I'm on the Georgia side of things here early. What do you say? Yeah, I lean Georgia here to a less than seven. Somebody asked me what the line would be yesterday. I said it's going to be less than seven, but you know I don't know if it's going to be five, five and a half, six, six and a half. Uh, I, I think I would lay it with the Bulldogs. They're tougher, and uh, that's the knock against Ohio State uh, right now. We saw it in the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night, and that's uh, USC is soft. Ohio State's soft as well. And uh, when you run up against teams that are tough, on the offensive and defensive lines, tough defensively, you have problems. And uh, the Buckeyes have problems with Michigan. They have now two years in a row. And we see USC have problems when they run into teams like Utah. So I think that's the, the issue in a matchup uh, like that, that that's going to be problematic for Ohio State. And I, I agree with you. I think this number is going to close seven. I think you're going to have more play on the favorite. And uh, in, the, in, the, in past years, I think I could make more of an argument for taking the points with Ohio State, but I don't think this Ohio State team is nearly as strong as some of the teams we've seen you know, in the previous seven or eight years. So yeah. uh, I, I lean Georgia as well, and I think you're right that this number is probably going to close seven. Yeah, I was likening it to like when I was going through some of my stuff, Matt, and like putting down in my notes. It, it reminded me a little bit of Ohio State, like these last couple of seasons under Day, especially in that Michigan matchup. Like when Chip Kelly's teams would have problems with Stanford, right? Like way back when, when he was playing, when he was uh-huh. head coach of Oregon, Stanford was super physical and not like spread out and explosive. And Oregon would have some trouble in those matchups because they were a little bit more finesse. And I think that's what Ohio State's been running into and is going to run into again here in the Peach Bowl. Yeah. Uh, by the way, also, we could talk about. Why is oh why did why did everybody think it was a given that it's Ohio State's in the playoff and Alabama's not? Because I yeah. felt like Ohio State's overrated the entire season. Yeah, well, I think it's more of a resume thing. Like to your point, right about the odds maker uh, deal. Like there is there's a there's a difference in wanting the four best teams, but then you or wanting the teams who I guess quote unquote deserve to be in there with their resumes, right? And uh, Ohio State's resume, because I guess losses are the good thing, uh, are that uh, they have a quality <laughs> loss. Uh, as opposed okay. to, I don't know, whatever else that is. So, uh, but we move on. From, uh, well, I'm just going to mention this quickly. A 22-point loss, I know, I know there was a couple touchdowns at the end. Let's just right. say it's a 14-point a, a loss on your home field. Is that better than losing on the last play of the game twice on the road to quality opponents? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think you could argue LSU is not a quality opponent anymore, but again, that's an argument that we don't need to make uh, because these matchups right. are set. All right, let's go to the Fiesta Bowl, Michigan TCU. So I was making the case for this. Uh, I don't want to rush to lay nine and a half with Michigan. I think we saw, like, for example, the Purdue game leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth. Like, again, indoors, faster track with a much better offensive opponent. Maybe TCU can stick around here. And I would think Sonny Dykes is a little bit better of a game manager, not kicking a field goal uh, to make a two-score game a two-score game when you're inside the shadow of the goalpost of your opponent. Uh, I was talking about, from an in-game standpoint, a Michigan team, Matt, that has a tendency to allow lesser opponents stick around, that you can get this maybe closer to like seven or so, or maybe even cheaper, and lay it with Michigan once the game begins. Do you have an opinion with them laying nine and a half. Yeah, I don't know if Sonny Dykes is a better game manager. I, I think you're it's referring true. to uh, Jeff Brom. I think you're referring to him kicking the field goal to make it 28 to 19. Is <laughs> yes, that right? Yes, that's what I'm referring yeah. to. I, I, believe it or not, at the time I kind of understood it because Purdue had no chance to get the touchdown if they went for it. You could just sense that he was putting points on the board thinking, I'm not sure our defense is going to hold Michigan, so we just got to get some points. And then uh, it's still going to be a two-score game. If Michigan kicks a field goal, I don't think it was the dumbest thing in the world because Purdue was not going to get the touchdown there. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, but anyway, Sonny Dykes doesn't even know what plays to call from the one-yard line. <laughs> That's a good point. right? Oh, or, mean, or he runs the ball when he doesn't have any timeouts left on a third down and has to run his field goal team out there in Baylor <laughs> to win the game. By the way, did you see what the playoff committee, the spokesman said today that I don't even know what criteria they're using anymore to judge teams. She said, we were impressed when we looked at it. Getting on the field, running on the field, 
and kicking that field goal at the end against Baylor, that showed us they're a well-coached team. That's, that's part of the criteria now for getting in the you'll, playoff. Matt, real way. quick, you'll love this. I watched that. We were, I was out in Hawaii during that game, and I was we were waiting for a burger place to open. I watched that on my phone in the car with with uh, Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback, last quarterback to a lead the Rebels to a bowl game. And both of us screamed, what are you doing? As they ran the ball to run the clock out. That was extremely poor coaching. But uh, anyway, I continue. You know, I actually think TCU can hang in this game. And that's the thing. I thought Purdue could hang in the game with Michigan as well. And uh, Purdue was in it for the most part. Right. It's uh, Harbaugh did want to punch one in there late to cover the number. Anybody who doesn't think he was trying to cover the number is naive. He knew what the number was. And uh, anyway, uh, with Blake Corum out, that takes one major weapon away from the Michigan offense. I think uh, what we've seen is that the, the Wolverines – a lot of times Harbaugh gets a lead and he'll sit on it a little bit. And uh, I, I I don't see any reason TCU can't hang in this game. I knew the number was going to be over seven, but I'm tempted to actually take it with TCU because what we're going to listen to for the next three weeks is TCU being disrespected by a lot of people and assuming that it's going to be Georgia and Michigan in the championship game. And I think the Frogs could be live dogs in this game. I'm, if it goes to 10, JBT, if we see a 10, I'll yeah. take that with TCU. All right, so we do have some of these other bowls set. we got our last 90 seconds uh-huh. here with Matt. I'll yep. just ask this general question. We're going to get Kansas State and Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Alabama, an automatic play against it, whatever the number opens, because everybody's going to sit, and that number's eventually going to start moving toward Kansas State. Yeah, I think you said it best. I wonder why any of Alabama's stars or their high NFL draft picks would even play in this game. And I would hope Nick Saban would not encourage those guys to play in this game. So what are you open here, Alabama – Three and a half, four? I'm not sure what you put up. What do you put up on this game? Right. I think that's probably the case. But would you be surprised if Kate, like we see this all the time in bowl games? If I told you now that K State went off as like a two and a half point favorite, I don't think you'd be surprised, would you? No, not at this point, because I think it's going to be Alabama's uh, yep. backups, a lot, of, a lot of their backups. But still, I think Bama's probably going to open as a favorite of at least a field goal, maybe a little bit more. I'm, I'm just guessing right now, because, man, that's a tough one to make. You don't know who's going to be on the field for the time. Uh, really quickly, uh, Matt, projected point spreads. TCU would be a 10.5-point underdog to Ohio State. Michigan would be a 6-point underdog to Georgia. Ohio State, 2.5-point favorite over Michigan. And uh, Georgia, a 14-point favorite over TCU in projected national championship games. So uh, we have those up. Okay. Those are up over at DraftKings. Matt, we got last 20 seconds, so we are out of here, but appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Okay, you bet. Thanks. And Matt Humans 24-7. By the way, we talked about this the other day. Um, Shouldn't be surprised, Ohio State, these rankings get somewhat stubborn. So people who are like, what? Ohio State got blown out at home. Yes, they're still rated as the better team. They would be a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that range against Michigan in a rematch in the national championship game. We'll come back. Paul Stone joins us in the studio. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. All right, what's up, folks? Uh, we're on right now. Paul Stone alongside. Yes, that's right. We get to be honored by the presence of the professional handicapper who's going to walk us through some analysis when it comes to these college football playoff matchups. And more bowl games are starting to pop up here on the screen as well. So get your thoughts as some of these start to appear. Uh, first off, what's up, man? How you doing? Man, just glad to be here. Uh, my favorite time of the year. You know, it, it's it's much more convoluted as we handicap these bowl games. Not so yep. much the, the semifinal matchups and the New Year's Six uh, so much, but these other bowl matchups down the list a little bit, trying to figure out who's going to opt out. I'm not quite as aggressive as I used to be, but it's a great time of year. So it's actually that leads me to my first question: is so as these has these games have gone along, or these weeks have gone along, right? And some of these matchups have been a little bit more set. Uh, these Sundays, like when we're here monitoring the screen, they're not as volatile anymore. So what changes for you on these Sundays with these opening numbers that you're kind of waiting for? Because these numbers are kind of tight. You see these numbers, you see these matchups coming. I would assume as a handicapper who shapes the market a lot of the times, you kind of mentioned it. Does it slow down for you a little bit in terms of action early on? It does. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely not as aggressive uh, at post as I normally am. Uh, again, you can. I don't have great opinions. You know, the numbers are going to be razor sharp when you're talking about the college football playoff. Yeah. But I'm not going to be as aggressive. I think Matt Metcalf here at Circa has indicated that he's going to release uh, most of the bowl numbers or maybe all of them tomorrow throughout the day. And I'm anticipating that somebody somewhere will release some of the, the games down the list today. I won't be as aggressive as I typically am. 
I like to take numbers, not teams. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you got to know who's playing for those teams in the said game. Yep. Well, that's humans and I were talking about it. Like one of the examples we're waiting to see: um, Alabama and Kansas State, right? Like what? Who's going to play for Alabama? A team whose top two players, as we know, and Bryce Young and and uh, and uh, Will Anderson, who are going to be uh, top five picks in the NFL draft, right? And what they're going to look like uh, when it comes to their status and everybody else when it comes to what they want to do uh, for Alabama. What you do with a number like that, right? If you're an odds maker. I mean, I think people are salivating with the thought of playing Kansas State in this game, plus yeah. maybe close to between seven and ten points. But at the same time, the line maker knows what we know. They know what Alabama did, I don't know the year, but against Utah and then several years later yeah. against Oklahoma and Trevor Knight in games that weren't – yeah, they play for the gold ball. They don't play in uh, – not, that's what they care about. That's what their whole program is centered around. So the motivation level for Alabama, in addition to who's going to be available, they're going to have a number of opt-outs. This thing has Kansas State written all over it, but what does the line maker open that yep. number? Because they know as well. All right, so let's talk about these semifinal matchups first then. Um, we'll start with the the big one, we'll call it, because it's the tightest number. Uh, Ohio State. Six and a half is what they're catching across the board. There's a seven out there with a total of 61 and a half. I personally, Paul, was somewhat surprised just that they opened it under seven. Like I figured Georgia would be a team that is like supported very heavily at the window and that you wouldn't want to open yourself up to people coming in and just laying seven and building up liability really quickly. But it's just been sitting six and a half this whole time. So what do you make of Georgia six and a half uh, against Ohio State in Atlanta? Yeah, I'm going to think about it a little bit, but I think you're exactly right, JVT, in that six and a half, I think you're going to get some play on Georgia, and I'm surprised. I guess people are kind of tied into the NFL games today, but I'm surprised it hadn't uh, ticked up to seven. So I think if you're going to play Georgia, this is a team that gets to play another pseudo-home game uh, at their uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They have fond memories of that stadium. Uh, We remember earlier this year the season opener, 40-3 to over Oregon. Uh, but I think if you're going to play uh, Georgia, you probably want to lay the six and a half because we don't really know how good Ohio State is. I mean, are they? We know they're good, but are they Georgia good? You know, their last game they lose by 22 at home to Michigan. Their only two really notable victories over uh, Notre Dame and at Penn State. Yep. They trailed in both those games at the half. So. I think if you want Georgia, you better lay the six and a half or you're going to lay seven or more. Does playing in Atlanta, is that anything for a point spread for you? Like, does they give them a point, something like that for Georgia? It's exactly what I did. I yeah. shaded at one point. Uh, it's got to be, you know, the, the, the proximity geographically, the familiarity. It, it's got in the fan, uh, the fan breakdown, although Ohio State travels crazy. They're not going to be outnumbered too significantly, but there's some advantage there for Georgia. All right, and what's a pretty true neutral, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Michigan and TCU. Uh, Michigan, nine, nine and a half with a total of 60 or 61 and a half. So it's a varying in terms of the total, uh, but the initial number of nine, again, just kind of right under a key-ish number of 10. And what do you make of this one? You know, I'll say, JVT, all leagues are not created equal. Mm-hmm. I often say it's not how you play, it's who you play. And you look at this Michigan team, and playing in the Big Ten, they played a team last night in Purdue that if you look at Jeff Sagarin's rankings, if you look at my power rankings, and I think many others, the team that finished last in the Big 12, Iowa State, 1-8, and eight, two games separated from the rest of the field, their power ranking is higher than Purdue's. Uh-huh. So the, the Big 12, you play not top-heavy, but you play a, a game opponent each week. Michigan should be favored by more than seven points here, no question about it. I made it seven and a half. I kind of like TCU here. I'm going to think about it a little bit. I'm going to be patient. But if uh, 10 potentially shows, I'm going to take the Horn Frogs plus the points. Well, I think this is an interesting dynamic, too, because so like what you're talking about here with TCU, the market, we use the term disrespect, but like the market was against TCU almost every week this season. So was that anti-TCU? Was it more the angle you're talking where the Big 12 overall is a pretty respectable conference and there's a lot of teams that are really huddled up? And I ask that because like where this number moves, I would assume, again, the market's going to be pretty gung-ho to kind of go up against TCU and you might be able to get like 10 or maybe even 10 and a half because we have 20-plus days for this thing to take shape. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of time between now and December 31st, so you do have to be patient. But I, I just would be really surprised if it didn't hit 10. And as you mentioned, it might hit 10 and a half. And there was clearly market bias against TCU all year. I mean, when they opened here at Circa on that Sunday as a seven-point underdog against Texas and Austin, I jumped all over that seven and said, man, I can't believe it. I had it much lower than that. And then at some point in the week, it went to seven and a half. So they were disrespected all week. 
They're not familiar. They're not used to being in this environment. Michigan's a big-time blue blood program that was in the tournament last year. So this thing's going to hit 10, I'm sure, maybe even higher. I think TCU's worth a, a try at double digits. All right, so we do have a couple of matchups uh, that are starting to pop up with bowls, and we're starting to get lines as well. So I'll throw a couple at you and see what your initial thoughts are. Uh, first off, Orange Bowl, Clemson and Tennessee. Uh, Kate Klubnik is going to be the starting quarterback for Clemson now uh, in this matchup against Tennessee. Opening up three initially right now on the screen, Clemson is as a favorite over Tennessee and Joe Milton. You know, my initial gut is to, to Tennessee plus the points. Yeah. I mean, Joe Milton's – He's not Hendon Hooker, but he's played a lot of football. He, he played well against Vanderbilt, um, SEC versus the ACC. I mean, conference affiliation does matter in big games. In the minor games, the conference affiliations don't really matter. I don't think the stronger conference matters because sometimes they're playing an overmatched opponent and they don't care to be there. But this is a game where both teams will be fully invested. And, and my gut is, I actually had Tennessee as a favorite there. My gut is to take the points. Yeah. And well, my, I think one of the things we, we talk about, and you can speak on this maybe a little bit too. So with Clemson, you know, a lot of the times this season, the story has been about DJ Uyangalale, the quarterback play and how poor he's been. And maybe that he, yeah, Davo Swinney pulled the trigger a little too late. This defense has not been a same Clemson defense, but specifically the back end, right? The back end of this defense has been pretty susceptible to big plays. And I think that Tennessee is probably a team that would be able to take advantage of that with Joe Milton, uh, who has been pretty good. I mean, the market was pretty high on Vanderbilt. Everybody thought that Vanderbilt was going to take care of business against Tennessee, and sure enough, they covered that number. I thought this was going to be a great uh, Clemson uh, defense. Kind of losing my voice here. But. No, you're good. Here, I'll take it. You need to get some water. You can uh, you can rest Sorry up. Sorry about get that. that. No, you're all right. Yeah, it happens to me. You should see what happens when I'm by myself, and then I have nobody else to talk to. That's think, actually a nightmare. I, I think I'm good now. All right. You know, this Clemson defense, before the year, you know, I said, this Clemson defense is not going to be Georgia good, 2021 Georgia good, but they're going to be awfully good. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, they weren't at that standard. The personnel that they have, the five-star type uh, recruits, Brian Breesey, Xavier Thomas, I mean, all these guys that they have in that front seven where you can disrupt, the individual, you know, the, the collective unit just didn't equal the individual pieces, if yep. you will. And Tennessee's a prolific offense. I mean, you know, North Carolina, they've, they've got a, a good ACC offense, but I don't think they're going to see like Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman's going to have more time to get healthy. Yep. I don't think they see – three, and they've got other receivers too. They're going to see wide receivers that can stretch the field vertically. I, I think – you know, I just think Tennessee's a better football team. I think Tennessee, you know, they're, they're a little bit wounded. They had the playoff there within their reach, but uh, I like the volunteers here. And not even finishing five, right? And the final rankings might be worth something motivationally. They finished six behind a team that they beat at right. home. Uh, right. By the way, you talk about patience and whatnot. As we're speaking, that number goes from three. Clemson now minus four and a half as we're speaking. This is over at Caesars, so uh, these numbers moving along. All right, other bowl games that have been set, and we're talking with Paul Stone. I'll give both of those to you in these last 60 seconds. You go where you want. Tulane opens up three and a half, down to two and a half against USC. And uh, Utah, Penn State, and the Rose Bowl open pick. Utah now one and a half point favorite. The Rose Bowl, I really don't have any opinion. I'm, I made Utah uh, one. So, um, you know, that, that's this is a very interesting matchup, though. You know, Utah obviously more prolific offensively. Uh, Penn State from the Big Ten with the outstanding defense. Don't have a great opinion there on that one yet. I mean, who would have thought Tulane? You said Tulane opened his three and a half. A three and a half point underdog. Now, yeah. now down. Okay. So, now down U to USC. Two and a half. I was yeah, saying, yeah. I was Excuse confused. Yeah, yeah. So, USC favored now by two and a half. You know, my. Initial inclination would be to lean to the green wave. Yeah. And the reason is motivation. Bowls, I don't look at statistics as much as I do motivation in bowl games. USC was a win away here in Vegas on Friday from being in the college football playoff. Now they're playing Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Not nearly the prize. I think Tulane's going to beat USC outright. Paul Stone Sports, where you can find him on Twitter. Paul, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks for having me. We'll come back. Matt Grill is going to join us next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Hey, if you want to make a bet before you do it, Check out our current betting splits data up at VEASAN.com. It's courtesy of DraftKings. Updated every 10 minutes. You get today's games and future events as well. Another way VEASAN's here to help you out. Put another tool in the arsenal to conquer these guys at the windows. The evil, big, bad sports books. Check them out. VEASAN.com. All of the current betting splits data courtesy of DraftKings. Speaking of DraftKings, let's welcome in Matt Grill. Nice enough to give us some time here today as we wrap up another edition of College football lines revealed. Matt, it is good to talk to you. The semifinals are set in college football. Uh, let's break these down and a lot of other things to get into. So we'll start first uh, with the best matchup on the board. That's the tightest point spread. Georgia and Ohio State. Walk us through this process because one of the things that I've been interested in to ask people like you is when you have, and specifically this matchup here, a team like Georgia, right, who I would assume is going to get some support, a team that many people consider and you guys do and everybody else does because the line says it, the highest rated team left in these top four. But hanging up a number just under a full seven, I would expect that this number closes seven. So what's the thought process with you guys in debating whether or not you open at six and a half and or seven when you, I mean, I would think that this number is going to get to seven at some point. Yeah, you make all great points, JVT. And, uh, you know, a little bit bittersweet today, you know, exciting day, but final show yeah. of the year doing this. So, you know, till next year. But uh, you're right. Yeah, a lot of factors go into this. So we made this game about five. You know, when you throw in a little bit of a home cooking for Georgia, they're playing in the uh, Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. Add maybe a point, point half there. We end up with, with six, six and a half. Went up with six and a half. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know, maybe you're right. It will be closing seven. It's been a, um, a wall of Georgia money this far on our end. So I think what's going to be pretty interesting, too, when you look at where these games are bet is obviously uh, the support that comes in publicly for the other matchup, TCU and Michigan. TCU has been a team that the market, you and I have discussed this, almost every single week the market was like, nah, coming in against TCU at almost every single turn. And it's funny, I did see, Matt, a lot of people were like, ha, got him. Like, okay, yeah, sure, Kansas State won, and they went off as a favorite, and they covered that matchup. Uh, congratulations if you've been consistently fading TCU. You finally got them. Uh, but what do you make of where this number might end up? Because I was making the case, nine and a half, uh, too rich for my blood. In-game, maybe you go for a cheaper price against Michigan. Paul Stone made a brilliant point that if you look at like some of the competition that these two teams have faced, very strong argument from a power rating standpoint. TCU, by far, has faced a much more rigorous schedule. will be pretty battle-tested here. What do you think in terms of this number and where this ends up? Up for a team that has been faded at every turn like the Horned Frogs. 
Yeah, on Wednesday I was on Live Bet tonight, and uh, we made this game eight at that point in time. That would have been if that game would have been played the prior weekend. Now, after pushing up Michigan, looking good again, TCU, kind of a, a, an expected performance in this case. They had a tight game, could have gone either way. We did bump this up to about nine, nine and a half. So I thought it was, the number coming out was spot on. Not as much action on this game. I think if, you, if we went to 10, we would start to see some resistance on TCU taking the, the, those two full scores or two scores. So we like the nine and a half right now. Definitely not as much action in this game as the other semifinal. And so, from a closing standpoint, like we're, look, we're we're nearly a month. It's like twenty seven days out from where these numbers are going to be. Actually, before he gets to close, just what you think happens? Like, what does a national or excuse me, a national semifinal look like from a handle standpoint in the days leading up over the next three weeks? Slow trickle. Do you get a burst at the beginning because the numbers are still up? Then pretty much nothing in between. What do you guys see in terms of betting patterns as we lead up to these games? Yeah, right off the bat, when we put these up, it's just a, a, a steady stream of action. So expect this in the next couple of days when people are still talking about it. Should be a little bit of a lull going into the next week. Uh, and then, of course, things will pick back up, I think, right after Christmas. So and we'll see some heavy action in these games. And then, of course, eventually for the national title game. Is that guy behind you all right? He, uh, he stood up and was, like, spinning around in circles. Is he, is he feeling okay? <laughs> is there, is there hey, anger? You got to stay light on your feet in here. Yeah. JVT. <laughs> All right, so before we get to some of these other bowls, I, I thought this was pretty interesting. You you kind of alluded to part of the question I was going to ask, which was using a home field of some sort for uh, for Georgia, right? Because they're playing in Atlanta. Uh, Mercedes-Benz is a, a stadium that they played in pretty frequently. Uh, Paul said it was one, and you alluded to the fact that it's about the what you guys use for home field. And why I wanted to bring that up, Matt, was because if you look at it, because you guys have also hung projected championship lines, but what doesn't quite jive is Georgia six and a half against Ohio State, but only six against Michigan. But we know that there's not a half point difference between Georgia, or excuse me, Michigan and Ohio State, right? Because you guys also hung Ohio State minus two and a half. Yeah, Ohio State minus two and a half over Michigan. So w with these lines, you have to think about what kind of an upgrade these teams are going to get if they win the game. So obviously, yep. if Ohio State beats Georgia, they're going to have a little bit of an upgrade, right? So at that point in time, right now, yeah, Ohio State uh, and Michigan. Pretty much dead even, but if they if they go ahead and beat Georgia, got to give them a boost again, you know. And the and the uh, rumors of the demise of Ohio State are, have been wildly exaggerated. I think so. I'm a, I'm a yeah, I'm a little bit surprised all this money on Georgia right away. I think just after seeing this team, you know, beat down another quality opponent yesterday in LSU. But LSU, or sorry, uh, Ohio State this month they have a lot of time to get healthy. They've been down in the receiving core. They've been down in the running back core. Their defense was susceptible to the pass against Michigan, so they've got a full month to get healthy. And I suspect expect them to show up for a game against Georgia. Uh, for those who are just joining us and are wondering, so the uh, projected championship matchups over at DraftKings, Ohio State, a 10.5-point favorite over TCU. Georgia, a 6-point favorite over Michigan. Michigan catching 2.5 in a rematch against Ohio State. And Georgia, a 14-point favorite over TCU in a national championship matchup should the Horned Frogs upset the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, do you get much play on those? Like, if you go to the setup, I would assume like a Michigan-Georgia line probably gets a little bit more action than the others, considering both are favored to move on. We sure do. They've only been up for less than an hour, but very first bet was Ohio State, minus two and a half over Michigan, ironically. Uh -huh. Okay, I like it. We'll see if that's... Uh, well, and I think a lot of people were surprised. Let's, like, you talk about upgrading them. From a power rating standpoint right now, Ohio State still rated slightly higher than Michigan, despite that result? I've got them a half point higher in yep. my own ratings right now. Like I said, they've got this month to get healthy. We'll be keeping track of that. So, I mean, I, I think eventually by the time we get to the semifinal, I've got I've talked to some other sharp people. They're very surprised to see the seven uh, at some books on Ohio State. All right, so now as we kind of look around, we're starting to see on the board uh, bowl games are being finalized and numbers are starting to get set. So I just a general question here for you, Matt, because bowl games, look, you could simply look at a matchup, right, and go, okay, USC Tulane, Let's look at my power ratings. Let's make a number. But it's not that simple, right? For example, USC and Tulane, we were talking about this off the air. If this is a week one game, there's no shot that USC is only a one-and-a-half point favorite over Tulane, but because of motivation factors, what, had, what transpired at the end of these seasons, these bulls get a little weird with their numbers. What is your process with shaping some of these when there's so many other factors outside of just ratings that affect some of these lines? Yeah, great points. Uh, that you know that game, but in particular, USC Tulane, a lot of ingredients going to that. We have to look at the Kelly, Caleb Williams hamstring injury. Is he going to play? Most likely not. What that line is telling you right now, kind of being down around one and a half, two. I've seen out there. We'll get ours up here pretty soon. Uh, also, motivation. USC they had a chance to get the playoff. Now they got to go go and play Tulane. How much motivation there for them? Also, 
players sitting out, especially in the bigger programs, to get ready for the draft. So lots of different factors to consider for both season. A lot of weeks here that, that are going to pass in between now and the games that, that things can happen. So if you're betting these games now, tread very likely. A lot of information is going to come out. Uh, uh, like I just mentioned, guys going to the draft, motivational factors, lots to consider. So to that point, what do you do with our uh, with Alabama? We're starting to see a number pop up here. They're laying six against Kansas State. Alabama has a ton of guys on this team that are likely going to test the NFL draft in a key positions too, right? Premier pass rusher Will Anderson, their quarterback, and Bryce Young. And I would say this. I think this is an added factor, Matt, right? Nick Saban's been really out, outspoken about his support for his guys going to the NFL. I would assume he's telling these guys not to play. So how do you handle a team like that? <laughs> it makes it tough, right? I mean, I, I, this is why I don't envy being on our side of the counter. So, you know, Kansas State, their team, they're going to really want to get that, that win right. against Bama. They'd be a great feather in the cap to finish off Big 12 title and beating Bama in the in the, in the uh, uh, what bowl they're playing. It's going to be, I think, the Sugar Bowl. So, yes. uh, you know, this will just make probably for their best season in, in program history. So, you know, they're going to be gearing for that. So, you know, like, you know, Bama, you know, who they could be going to the draft? Who's going to be sitting out, who's not going to be motivated to play this game. So this is when you could really see going down, and I think you're already seeing that with it, with six and probably ticking down some more. And I would assume early on, like in terms of uh, uh, what you're allowing on some of these plays early in bowl season, as the information comes out, limits will be a little bit lower, and as you go along and get closer to bowls, limit will open up. Yeah, and we still want to use these best coming informa for information to kind of guide us to the right number. So, you know, we're going to know as much as they, as they do out there, looking through things, looking through Twitter, all the usual sources. And, you know, like I mentioned, a lot of time to pass from now until the games. So a ton of stuff can happen. So, no, you know, no one knows anything yet. So you just got to make your best guess as, as of right now. We'll throw one more bowl at you. Rose Bowl is set Utah and Penn State. We saw one shop open pick. Utah now one and a half point favorite. Uh, this one's interesting because I think this is one of those rare games um, that we're going to see in bowl season. Both sides have some pretty equal motivation here. Not a lot of dudes uh, on the way out. So this one seems a pretty cut and dry process. Am I right along that along those lines? Yeah, we, we were doing some preliminary numbers. We had this to trade pick them. So I think people after just seeing the performance from Utah yep. a couple of days ago, that's where you're seeing the early bets of movement on Utah. Matt, again, DraftKings manager, Matt Grill. Matt, it's good to talk to you as always. I'm sure we'll get you on again as we get closer, of course, and as these bowls are set. But it's always been a fun season. We always appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Thanks, JVT. Yep, you got it, Matt Grill. Man, that sounded sad. Like, we're just, like, never going to talk again. Like, enjoyed it. That's all right. We'll speak again. I promise. I promise. All right. So all these bowls are set. A quick run through very quickly. Uh, Utah, now a one and a half point favorite in the Rose Bowl matchup against Penn State. This number a courtesy uh, of Caesars. USC down to a one and a half point favorite after opening up as a three and a half point favorite over Tulane. Alabama opening up as a six point favorite over Kansas State. And finally, Clemson fed up from a three point favorite to a four and a half point favorite in their matchup against Tennessee. Bowls are getting posted. Stick around. Live bet Sunday resumes, and I'm sure they'll update bowls as they get posted as well throughout the day. It's good to talk to you. We'll talk to you next weekend. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.